Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I'm so excited to say we have Fiona Cochan, the founder and CEO of Youthphoria, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Fiona, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What a treat. Are you ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in. Hell yeah, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Census. With Census, gone are the stress-inducing days of pestering your engineering team to build a custom pipeline to get the data you need. Or worse, trying to hack code yourself to get even one accurate data point. Census is a reverse ETL tool that syncs trusted data from the data warehouse into your CRM or your marketing automation platform or your advertising platforms, finance tools, and more. The best part of Census, no coding or engineering favors required. With Census's point-and-click UI, you can sync hundreds of thousands of data points from the data warehouse to your tools in minutes. Lightning speed, baby! I so wish we had a tool like this when I was running BizOps at my last tech job. And honestly, I'm guessing my friends on the data science team do too. (laughs) If you're scaling a product-led growth company or really just any company that has a data warehouse and wants to get data in your business tools without uh, waiting weeks in the request queue, check out getcensus.com slash non-technical. From selling cloud software to makeup you can sleep in, Fiona Cochan is changing the makeup game one dreamy formulation at a time. Only a year old, Youthphoria has seen exponential growth, selling out on Amazon, Credo, and Revolve Beauty, and amassed a social following of over 110,000. But Fiona's just getting started. Fiona Cochan, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. I know. I'm so happy to have you here. And as I showed you, in honor of your presence, I am wearing a Youthphoria lip gloss today. I love it. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you. You and I have never met, which means we get to know each other on the show. What a time. Yeah, you're going to know so much about me that most people don't even, (laughs) don't, don't ever get to ask. That's the best. Well, tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? My last day off was an accidental day off. Oh, really? I did not plan to have a day off. And I said, you know what? It's it's a no bones day. It's just going to become okay. a day off. <laughs> no bones day referencing the there's a TikTok account, right? And a dog decides if it's a bones day or a no bones day. A dog decides if it has bones, <laughs> if it's standing up or if it like just leans over. And that determines yeah. if you're going to get anything done. Okay. Good to know. So it was a no bones day. It was a no bones day. And on all my days off, I like to take a lot of baths and I watch a lot of 90 Day Fiance clips on YouTube. I can't really the entire thing. It's too long. Or my attention span is too short, but I love watching the clips. So what makes the clips so exciting that the show lacks? Yeah, I think, you know, you just need to watch two minute clips, you know, what's going on. And that's enough. Like, I don't need to watch 40 minutes of it. But I like that it's on YouTube. You know, it's easy to watch. Oh, yeah. That's really efficient. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, TikTok has completely ruined my brain. Okay. (laughs) And so I like shorter clips. That makes a lot of sense. Fiona, is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? I love Britney Spears' Toxic because I love the music video. I think it's 
so good. It reminds me of TRL, like my childhood. I remember Mm -hmm. um, when I was in college, I always listened to Britney Spears. It just always brought me back to like this happiness. And yes, I thought she was so cool. Um, I thought that music video was so cool. And so I still I mean, I still listen to a lot of Britney now. Yeah, it's classic. So when was the first time you heard Britney Spears? Was it in college or it was earlier than that? I must have been five or six. Britney Spears was one of the first pop stars I was ever really familiar with. She may have been the first pop star I was ever really familiar with. Do you remember when they would put The Baby One More Time and the crazy music videos on television? Yes, I remember it was like Sabrina, the Teenage Witch era. Oh, yeah. And there was like a cameo. And I thought that was like the, you know, five-year-old me was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like my worlds are exploding. I absolutely idolized Britney Spears when that album came out. I think it came with a poster. In fact, I'm confident. Her CD, Baby One More Time, you could unfold the cover of the album and it turned into a full-length Britney Spears poster. I remember that. And I remember her outfit was very similar. It was like an all-white outfit. And it was similar to like the Backstreet Boys. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just that aesthetic of, I don't know where they're dancing. But I thought thought this was what teenage college life was going to be like. I would make friends and they would just start Mm -hmm. dancing. Yeah, and we would all be wearing white, perfectly monochromatic matching outfits. And then we would just break into dance. Yeah, and then when I got into high school, I was like, this is not as cool as I thought. No. (laughs) What were your big activities in high school? I did student government. So I used to plan all the school dances. That was really fun. And... I don't remember what else I did. I just remembered I did not go to class a lot. Okay. That's what I remember, just not going to class a lot. and Like cutting class? I loved cutting classes. Really? I think I was like voted, like least at Lowell. Lowell is the name of the high school I went to. And I just okay. was not interested in attending classes. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense now, like we're in this era of like work from home. But yeah. like back then, I just thought like, I don't know why I just hate going to class. Wow. Okay, so you were voted least at Lowell, meaning like you showed up the least? Yes, exactly. Whoa. Okay, Fiona, when you were choosing whether to cut class, were you doing other things or you just didn't feel like going? I was, this is so funny, I was graphic designing for like other companies or I would spend a lot of time reading things on Wikipedia because Wikipedia had just come out and I just thought it was so much more interesting researching like my own things. I like taught myself Photoshop which I still use to this day. And I don't think I use any AP, you know, history. So yeah, I don't know. I just just wasn't that interested in sitting in class. Have you ever been in a situation though where someone has mentioned something that you definitely should have learned in high school and straight up just don't know the answer to? Like, are you missing any major high school topics in your brain? I think I probably knew what they were when I was in high okay. school. But yeah. like, if you asked me trigonometry or calculus, right. I, I could not answer any of those questions okay. today. I never cut class and I still have things where I'm like, I don't think I paid enough attention in U.S. history. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot that I, I think I it just kind of, it went. It's gone. It came and it went. But I bet you could find it on Wikipedia. Yeah. And that's what's important, you know, like just learning and how to <laughs> Google things and look things up. And ultimately, that is what's important. I mean, it certainly hasn't held you back. So I don't think it's been an issue to date at all. So does Toxic, hearing it on the, I almost said hearing it on the radio, which is hilarious. Does hearing the song Toxic take you back to high school or to college? I think it takes me back to either like when I was, I don't know how old I was when it came out, but so like 10, but like I I remember listening to it a lot in college because I just love that song so much. It's such a good one. 
What's something that you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm not good at a ton of things and people are like, I didn't know you could do all these things. Really? (laughs) I think people don't realize that I'm very good at designing. That's awesome. Okay. And so how has that been kept a secret, even though you run a company and all that? Oh, I don't think anyone knows that I design all of of our stuff. Oh, okay. Huge scoop. (laughs) I think most people think I just hire designers and they do most of the stuff, but I design a lot of the physical stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. I was literally thinking today how neat the packaging was and the box that it came in. Yeah. A lot of that stuff, like I drew it on a piece of paper and my high school geometry came back and I was like measuring things. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so you didn't cut class that day. Thank God. (laughs) Fiona, what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something totally inconsequential that you would just really go to bat for. I think that Starbucks should rename their sizing to small, medium, and large. It made a lot of sense. I don't even know the names of it anymore, but they had Mm -hmm. a grande, a venti. It made a lot of sense when Starbucks was cool, but it hasn't been cool in a long time. And Mm. I don't need to go into the world of Starbucks and their naming convention (laughs) when I'm just at any corner. I hear you. Oh my God, this is an amazing hill. I'm so excited about this hill. Okay, let us unpack. So the sizes you're referring to are that at Starbucks, instead of a small, it's a tall. Medium is a grande. Large is a venti. Yep. Wait, is that right? Yeah, okay. But don't they have another one? They have a they have a couple secret ones too. There's, I think, a small. Have you ever ordered a small at Starbucks? They have a secret menu. It's a secret. It's a, yeah. This is a okay. news to me. I think I told someone else on the podcast that you can order a small and it just comes in a tiny little cup. And then I think, I think, this one, I don't know. I think there's a 30 ounce called a Trenti. A Trenti? (laughs) That sounds like something I, I think that's That's something I made up in a fever dream. (laughs) Anyway, okay. So those are the sizes you're referring to. Now, talk to me about how it feels when you have to go into a Starbucks and you have to declare one of those sizes. I think think when I like look at the sign, because sometimes Mm -hmm. my vision isn't that good. I'm just like, I can't Mm -hmm. even read the words. So I'll just say small, medium, large. And I sometimes the barista is just like, oh, she's she's not she's not getting with the program. Do you feel like they react? Has anyone ever corrected you? I think when they call it back out, it's like, okay, you want a tall, you know, coffee like they'll so funny. They'll just say it in their words. The initial concept for Starbucks, or at least I believe part of Howard Schultz's, the founding CEO's origin story of it, does have to do with him spending time in Italy and observing coffee culture there. And so I think that's where the idea for the names came from, was just like, oh, we'll make it Italian. (laughs) Which I also feel is a very American thing to do to make something fancier. Like if you've ever been in a position where you're looking at different, for example, face creams at Walgreens and you're like, okay, I got to find whatever the best version is of a face cream at this Walgreens. And the very expensive ones are always in English and French. And then you look where they're made. It's not a French speaking place. (laughs) They're just trying to convince Americans it's fancy. Yeah. And I like, well, I guess, you know, French pharmacy culture has like amazing skincare. I could totally see that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you also said that Starbucks isn't cool anymore, which what burn on Starbucks, tough burn on Starbucks. Tell me about that. What do you mean by cool? I remember, like, I want to say like 15 years ago, you know, you would see celebrities papped holding a Starbucks Frappuccino cup. And that was a really cool thing. Wait, I'm sorry. We have to briefly pause on papped. This is paparazzi as a verb. Is that what that is? Yes, yes. Paparazzi as a verb. Okay, (laughs) Fiona, I love that. by strangers and sold <laughs> onto another magazine. How often are you discussing paparazzi? 
that the word papped has made its way into your vernacular. I love this life. I didn't know that this wasn't like a common abbreviation or thing that people had talked about. Oh my God. I feel like I just talk in pop culture references all the time. That's a new one for me. I, I mean, I knew exactly what you meant immediately. It was not hard to understand. I was just like, oh my God, they got papped. Wow. Okay. So yes, celebrities were previously papped holding Starbucks and it was definitely, it had a lot more cachet. It was a little bit more exclusive, a little bit more elite because there were fewer of them, like you said, and now they're everywhere. Now they're everywhere. But now, you know, even when I travel, I always, if I'm in a country where I don't know too much of like the Mm. local chains, I will, I will go to Starbucks because it is reliable. So I'll give them that. Like Mm. it's, it's where you Mm -hmm. go when you just need, you know exactly what you're getting. It is so reliable. That's a really good point. I feel like everywhere I go to Starbucks, I'm, I know exactly what it's going to taste like. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows what the coffee tastes like. I think, I mean, coffee is important. So if you have so a bad important. coffee, it's just like, it's not, it's not pleasant. Are you a big coffee drinker? I'm a huge coffee drinker. I need... Really? I think I need like three cups in the morning every day. Three? Every day? Yeah. I, I just love the taste of it. I know, me too. What is the difference in your personality between cup zero and cup three? I don't really interact with anyone before I have three cups. Like, okay. <laughs> so nobody knows. You must know. I think it's probably similar. I just like, I don't think I'm like super tired if I don't drink coffee. I just like the ritual of making coffee. It's, me too. It's my, my silent time in the morning. My husband's not awake yet. And it's just like, mm. I have this cup of coffee. Tell me how you make it. What's your coffee ritual? Actually, I have an espresso machine. It is, what's it called? It's a Jura? Jura. It's not Jura. It's a Jura. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I know the, the machine you're talking about. I love that it's it's not Jira. <laughs> it's not Jira. It must be Jura. And so you make an espresso in the morning? Yep, all the time. And I make my own pumpkin spice because I love pumpkin spice year Really? Round. I love oat milk and I love like frothing it and I just... I just love it. I'm very happy for you. This sounds like such a beautiful ritual and one that I, of course, relate to a lot because I really love the ritual of making coffee in the morning. You make your own pumpkin spice? Yeah. I I think I looked up a recipe and I was like, I just love the taste of it. I love the smells of it. It reminds me of fall and winter. Of course. Can I ask you this? Have you ever had a pumpkin spice latte or colloquially known as a PSL at Starbucks? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Do you like them? I do. Yeah. Really? I don't like them from Starbucks. I think it's not for everyone. Yeah, it's really, really sweet, no? I guess I haven't had Starbucks in so long that I don't I don't remember <laughs> if it had a lot of syrup or sugar. Okay, good to know. I'm sure your homemade one is incredible, though. Oh, my God. Homemade pumpkin spice with oat milk sounds delicious. It's fall every morning. Where did your affinity for fall come from? I don't know. I mean, I, I went to college out east, so it was like always gorgeous, like just mm-hmm. the colors. But it's something about when it's really dark and it's 6 p.m. And I don't know, it's mm-hmm. just like a really nice feeling and it's always like kind of cold. So you feel a little bit cozy. But I've yes. always loved like fall and when it's not daylight savings. Right. So you said you went to college out east, meaning you're not from the East Coast. I'm from San Francisco. You're from San Francisco. And yeah, and I went to college out east. Oh, amazing. Okay. You've had both coasts. I've had both coasts. And I honestly, after I graduated from college, I have been back to the East Coast maybe like two, two, three times. <gasps> That's I have, it? I have not What did back. we do to you? It was just really cold. Yeah, it's so cold. <laughs> okay, but Fiona, come on. San Francisco is freezing. San Francisco is so cold. San Francisco is very cold. It is, it's very windy. That's why it feels so it's cold. It's bone chilling cold. 
But there's no black ice. I think I've fallen down so many times. Yeah. But also yeah. where I went to school, it was like negative 30 degrees all the time during the winter. And it was like you, your your body oh would burn. Oh, my God. Where were you? In Chicago? I was uh, in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Okay, cool. Wow. Chicago being out east. That was my brain having a moment. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. But okay. So you developed an affinity for the fall, potentially while you were here with us on the East Coast in New Hampshire, which by the way, absolutely gorgeous state. I'm, I feel like that would turn anyone into a pumpkin spice devotee being there. Is fall your favorite season still? I don't think San Francisco has seasons. I love the fall. I love the spring. I think summer is too hot. Winters are too cold. Just something yes. in between either fall or spring. Do you have a favorite joke? My favorite joke is Ali Wong had a special, I think, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And her joke was something like, I don't want to lean in. I want to <laughs> lay down. And I thought it was so funny because yes. at the time, like, leaning in and being, I don't mm -hmm. know, like, working and being yeah. a girl boss was such a thing. And I was like, nope, mm -hmm. I really relate to that, just lying down. <laughs> I can't remember if that was her first or her second special, but God, that's such a great line. And I think you're right. I mean, it really taps into something that a lot of people feel, especially women, which is just that tiredness of like, oh God, 100%. do I have to, <laughs> do I have to do it today? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Are you a big Ali Wong fan in general? Yeah, I think she's really funny. I think a lot of her earlier stuff was just pretty truthful and she was mm -hmm. so hard-hitting and you know she was saying everything that no one else was saying and it was it was really funny totally I gotta go back and watch her first couple I just rewatched her third one for the second time but I mean just to geek out on the comedy for a second she's an incredible joke constructor like the construction of her jokes is amazing what do you mean by that like the way that she picks themes and then returns to the themes over and over again and then like breaks apart the jokes into different pieces you don't necessarily know that it's over there's more coming there's amazing callbacks she's just got a lot of good stuff going on but I'm always like wow damn the way she constructs her entire special it's not just a joke it's like yeah exactly it's like a work of like 45 minutes or an hour of like just comedy 100% what personality trait has gotten you into the most trouble? When I don't care about something, I really don't care. So oh, no. <laughs> right now, what I don't care about is cooking. And a couple days ago, I think I burned a boiled egg. Oh my gosh. How do you burn a boiled egg? <laughs> what? I didn't know you could do that. I, I know. I know. Me, me either. It was pretty, it's probably kind of dangerous. But yeah, when I decide to just not focus on something, I will completely just block it out of my head. Okay. Okay. I get that. I totally understand that. Could it also be said that that is a towering strength of yours though, which is that when you are in something, you're very focused on it? I like the reframing of this. Yeah. I'll take mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> do you usually care about cooking and the egg was an anomaly or do you pretty much not care about cooking generally? I do not care about cooking. I don't like to do it. I don't mm -hmm. like to chop things. I don't like to yeah. put things over a flame in a Okay. You know, in a pan. Um, I yeah. could do it. Sometimes Sometimes <laughs> I, I'm super into it, but right now I think I'm just, I've just discarded that uh, part sure. of my life. Does your husband cook? He does cook. And we do a lot of salads because it's not putting things over a stove and heating yes. things up. No I love making a salad. It's a great way to feel like I'm just living in like some gorgeous, like 5,000 square foot mansion, just salting my salad in a little stainless steel bowl, adding blueberries. Have you ever added blueberries to a salad? Like, I think your net worth goes up when you add blueberries to a salad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fancy. It's so fancy. <laughs> so I love making fancy salads. <laughs> What's the fanciest thing you've ever put on a salad? The fanciest 
thing. I don't know if it's fancy, but I feel special when I do it, which is probably like anchovies. Ooh, that is special. Because I feel like I'm like really, I don't know, I'm going into like yeah. the different parts of the um, the ingredients store. But yeah, I think probably like anchovies or sometimes I put leftovers in salads. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll even do things like I'll cut up leftover dumplings and just chop it up and use it as my salad protein. First of all, that sounds very good for the environment. Reuse, reduce recycle, I believe as the uh, saying famously goes. But also I feel like that's great. You can clean out your fridge and also have a delicious protein packed salad. Yeah. I mean, I just love to experiment with it. And sometimes it, it does not work. Sometimes I know that is the <laughs> that is the problem when you don't really know much about cooking. And I'm referring to myself in this. And then sometimes I'll just like, I'll think to myself, this would be interesting. And sometimes it's not. It does not go well. Do you cook a lot? No, no, no. I made something a couple days ago without a recipe, and it turned out okay. And I was like, what? It was shocking. What'd you make? Honestly, okay, I took baby carrots, and then I used kind of a recipe for my memory, made super simple in the oven, maple syrup, salt, pepper, garlic powder. But then I added some mustard for like a honey mustard feeling, even though it was maple syrup. And it was great. And I was like, am I a chef? Like, I had no idea I had that ability to just add mustard to something. And so that was a real win. (laughs) I'm sure that tasted amazing just just based off of like the ingredients. Yeah. Fiona, what is your most irrational fear? Oh, I don't even want to say it out loud because it's such a phobia. (laughs) Okay. We don't have to talk about it. I can move right on from it. It's either mice or it's holes. I hate both. Okay. Mice Um, or holes? Yeah. Mice, if I see one, it it will completely ruin my day. Ruin your whole day. Okay. And then we don't have to talk about it if you hate it too much. But when you say holes, could you just tell me what that means? I think that there's a, a word for it. I just don't know what it's uh, how to pronounce it. But yeah, like just seeing a lot of holes. I think um, when I was younger, I watched this movie called Holes yes, with like Shia LaBeouf. Familiar. Of course. It's, it's, it's the last <laughs> scene where they, they pan out and it was just like a like a dirt path with a ton of yep. holes and that completely triggered it. And I don't know. I don't know why. <gasps> really? So sometimes now when I see things that have too many holes, like I remember mm-hmm. there was an iPhone case that had so many holes and I was like, why would anyone do this? Oh my God. Wow. Okay, cool. So there's a word for it. So it's a thing that other people have as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it's because like sometimes when you see like a lot of holes in plants or something, it can mean like there's Mm. a lot of disease. So you don't want to like eat it or something like that. I'm sure there's like an evolutionary reason. Yeah, that sounds like a biological reason for having that fear. Okay, amazing. I'm not going to make you talk about that anymore. (laughs) But that is very interesting that it was that movie that triggered it. Did you read the book, Holes? I think so. Yeah, I think it was like a, I think it's like required reading for second grade. I know. I was just going to, because I, I, based on context clues, I think you and I are probably the exact same age. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, Brittany and then Holes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm painting a picture of someone born in my birth here. <laughs> okay, Fiona, if you could possess the ability to hear what other people are thinking, would you? Absolutely not. It would be so boring. <laughs> would you? <laughs> Tell me why you think it would be boring. You've lived in San Francisco, right? Yes. Could you imagine if you're just walking down somewhere in Soma, what you would yep. hear? People would be oh, like, boy. how do I compile this database? Or like... Mm-hmm. Constantly. I don't even know what they would say. What are my Jira tickets? And it's like, I don't I don't care. Absolutely. I love that it was such an immediate no. My answer is also no, because I just, who has the time to hear what other people are thinking? But not everyone says no. Some people say yes. I just don't really care. Like, it would just be so boring. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. You could be listening to clips of 90 Day Fiance with that time. I mean, there's so many better 100%. ways to use it. 
100%. Have you ever injured yourself in an embarrassing way? I don't think I've really ever seriously injured myself. I can't think of any injuries, but like knock on wood, I don't want to injure myself now. But yeah, I can't think of anything. No, no, no. We need to dispel, get some sage in here, clear that idea out. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Okay. Do you have any truly useless talents, a talent that is, has never been useful to you in your life at all? I think I'm really good at these kid games, like oh really, these slapping games that are very use- pretty useless but pretty useful when I was a kid, or like I don't know, moving my body in, in weird ways. I remember when I was a kid, I would just like try to isolate muscles and just move them and see if I could do really? it. Really, super super useless. What encouraged you to want to spend time working on that as a kid? I think as a kid, you really don't know what you want to spend your time doing, and. <laughs> I thought it was going to be cool. I thought it would make, I probably thought it would like give me friends or something. I have no idea. Sure. There's certain muscles that I can move in a really weird way. What's a really unexpected muscle that you can move? Like I can make a clover with my tongue, which is like something (gasps) where I think you have to practice that. And it's like, when would I ever use this? First of all, that is a perfect answer to this question. And also I'm realizing that I do relate to that experience as a kid because I think, actually I know for a fact I decided one day I wanted to learn how to raise my eyebrow. Can you do it? Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's from The Rock. Like, I, we definitely are from the same yeah. era. <laughs> my friend Jessie could raise her eyebrow. And I was like, that's so cool that Jessie can raise her eyebrow. And so I just like, I remember being in the mirror and just being like, okay, what muscles? And then now I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. No, I don't think I can do it. It took a long time. Yeah, you're really good at it. Yeah, because I practiced. I can only do the one, though. I don't think I can do the left. No, the left one does not move. (laughs) Thank God. Oh, wait, I can move my nose, too. Can you move your nose? No, I can't. I can't move my nose. Like a bunny. Oh, yeah. Again, no idea why. Fun facts. But thank God I can do that, you know? I mean, why learn about U.S. history when you can learn how to raise only one of your eyebrows? (laughs) (laughs) What's your most used emoji? Speaking of emoting. I really like skull. I think that's what okay. it's called. I don't know. It's very Gen Z slang, which is like, I'm dead. I think it's just right. so funny. Yeah. Or I like using <laughs> some type of like heart or hand heart or like- Hand heart? Like it looks like this. Hand heart. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yes. So hand hey. heart or like yep. another heart that has like, I don't know, wings or something like I that. I like the heart, the reverberations out on the sides, the yeah, pink one. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. I use that one a lot. That, I think I like that one because when I send it, it's like more than just the heart. It's like I want it to feel I active. Feel, yeah. Like you can feel the love. <laughs> you can feel the love. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's officially the feel the love emoji. Is that your go-to laughing emoji? Like if something's funny, do you hit the skull? Yeah, I do. Wow. Did you have to train yourself to do that or was that natural? I think I just watch a lot of the internet. And so naturally you just absorb it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because like, or like sometimes I'll use a clown emoji to express a very similar type of emotion. That's great. But yeah, I think it's, I think I just watch too many internet comments. It happens, you know, I think that's very funny. Okay. This is a two part question for you. First part, who would play you in a movie? And then the second part is if we were to make that movie, should it be a biopic or should we focus in on a particular chapter of your life? 
if I were to make a movie, it would depend on, yeah, I guess it would depend on which chapter. I feel like the last couple years have been very interesting. Even every day now, I'm like, someone should just make a movie of this. It's like very bizarre <laughs> things that I have to go through. But I'm sure, sure like all, a lot of guests that you have, they, they're probably saying the same thing of like, they just deal with very weird stuff that they can't talk about. A lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> feel that way. They're like, right now would actually be uh, pretty interesting. Things are wild. Things are always wild and things... You truly never know what you're going to do day to day. But who would play me? There's this actress I really I really like. Her name's Ashley Zhao. She's like very cute, young adults. She kind of like plays in the young adult genre. She's great. And I think, yeah, I think it would be about like this time in my life. Post-marriage, starting a company, traveling back and forth, you know, being stuck in all these weird places because yep. of COVID and yep. never knowing where I'll be. Whoa, where's the weirdest place you got stuck? Well, I got stuck in Hong Kong in 2020. Didn't expect to be there. Really? I, yeah, I thought I was going to be there for like a month or two. So I had one suitcase of stuff. Was mm-hmm. really good about packing. Even now, like when I'm packing to go to a week-long trip, I have two suitcases because... Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's scarring. It's not scarring, but it was just like, you know, a thing. I would be scarred being stranded with only one suitcase. Okay, you're a stronger person than I am. You have a stronger constitution. I need my things. It's not even about like looking good or having the right clothes. I just need to be surrounded by my things. Yeah, I hate moving and having a lot of things, but I like when I'm settled, I love having my stuff. Sure. Okay, that's very fair. How long did you ultimately end up in Hong Kong? I think I was there for about like a year and three months. (gasps) Wait, what? You were going to go for two months and you were there for over a year? Yeah, that's when I started the brand. Wow. I mean, I was kind of just stuck there. I mean, COVID happened there before it happened here. So it was January of 2020. Yeah. Hong Kong has like a direct high-speed train to Wuhan. So it was like actually kind of scary. Oh and then gosh. that year was pretty fun because Hong Kong never really got COVID. Um, so it was it was a really fun time. Wow. To, I mean, it wasn't fun, but it was it a was pretty cool uh, place to be during that time. What was the most unexpected part of living there for a year? I love living there, but I made a ton of friends mm. and it's a super cosmopolitan city. It was mm. really fun. It was the way that the city is set up is like you have like an escalator that goes through a hill. Like you really take an what? escalator to go out. So like the going out street and the bar street, you would go take an escalator up and like that's how you would just go up to like your apartment. That's so cool. Yeah, there's an escalator that goes through the the main part of the city. That's so cool. I had no idea. I've never been to Hong Kong and I've never seen the escalator. That's awesome. There's this movie that is very similar to How I Met My Husband. It's set in Hong Kong. I wouldn't say that it's like the most entertaining movie, but it is okay. <laughs> it is, it is all like the same setting and, and things like that of like being on the escalator and like meeting, you know, people that you fall Did you with. meet on the escalator? I went up an escalator to this terrace and then I met him and and then we went up an escalator to like go out like it's oh my god really definitely like the central character of of all of this oh my god wait this is so cute so do we think the movie would be about the company would we incorporate meeting your husband this would be after you're married what do you think definitely probably meeting my husband and then starting the company I think that would be oh my god interesting. And I remember when when we launched the company, that's when we moved. So we had no furniture in San Francisco and I was like oh my God. on a temporary mattress. It was not fun because of no. not having furniture sucks. And then, yeah. And then just kind of launching the business. Wow. This is going to be a great movie. Also, I'm still kind of shaken that you met on an escalator in Hong Kong. That is incredible. And I knew like instantly like this was going to be my husband. Seriously? Yeah. I think sometimes women have like intuition or something and 
I thought I was crazy, but I don't know, kind of worked out. Wow, that's amazing. Had you felt that way before? Or was this the first time that you're like, oh, whoa, no, this is the one. This was the first time I felt like that. And I was like, I actually thought like, am I going crazy? Like this is a wild, like intruding thought, but it definitely did work out. Yay. Oh my God. I'm so excited about this story. That would be so fun to watch that play out on screen. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it sounds uh, nicer in memory, but it was definitely like fun experiences. Oh yeah. Plus it's a movie. We're going to make it look incredible. (laughs) What? It's going to be the most fun, most glamorous version of these events. I like that about movies. Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) Just a little escapism as a treat. Do you have a moment or interaction with a stranger that you still remember? I remember sometimes like when you meet strangers like on a plane, sometimes Mm -hmm. it does feel like I've just known this person for a very long time. Mm. And I'll remember, oh, yeah, that person like it just they just felt very familiar. Um, But I don't remember their names. But I do remember those feelings where people just feel very familiar. It's always when I'm traveling because that's the only time I'm like really willing to talk to strangers. (laughs) <laughs> You're not as willing if they're coming up to you in the city? Not now, yeah. I think maybe when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. What is the most recent situation or thing or whatever where you laughed the hardest? Every time I'm with my parents, I just find them so hilarious when really? my mom when my mom and dad are interacting with each other. I don't know. It's almost like watching a sitcom. But um, recently, my mom, she put on like one of those sheet masks and she, she just looked so funny to me. She's going <laughs> to that, that I said this, but she just looked so funny to me. She looked so relaxed um, watching her own whatever she watches, like reality TV. Sure. And I just thought like just seeing my mom relaxing was so hilarious. That is so cute. That's so sweet. What do you think the three words are that your family or closest friends would use to describe you? I think my husband would say that I'm volatile because the emotions, <laughs> okay. the emotions are, are are a lot more heightened this year just because I'm someone who like I need to feel the emotions, get it out of my system. So if I'm sad, I'm, I'll be really sad for a day. If I'm happy, I'm super happy for the day. Yeah. I think he would probably say I'm ambitious. I think he actually like would would mean that. And then for the last one, he would just be like, you're very Fiona. Like you're very, you're very bright. You will, you'll do what you do. Oh, that's so sweet. So when you say volatile and talk about big emotions, are you talking about feeling them really big or expressing them really big or both? And have you always been like that? I have not always been like this. I used to just kind of like hold things in very like narrow emotional band. And then I realized that when you run a business, things always go wrong. I get like the luxury of just fixing broken things. Yeah. When you're constantly facing a lot of stress, it's it's much better for like the physical body to just feel it all the way and like completely Mm. let it go. I think it's healthier, but it just means when I'm sad, I'm a lot more sad than I used to be. Or when I'm happy, I'm a lot happier. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I relate to that, but I've always been that way, like forever. I've always just felt your emotions. They're there. There's really, I do not have a choice. I simply have not had a choice in the matter. Here they are. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real time. It's very tiring. (laughs) It's very tiring. Yes, it really is. Fiona, if you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? I don't think I would be working. You would be lying down. I would 100% be lying down. There's nothing else I would rather do. I I don't want to work for someone else. I love creating makeup. I love like it. The creative aspect of the business is 100% Mm. what I love to do. And if I had to like create other things, other products, other categories, I just know I wouldn't like it. And I would be like 
it's time to lie down. It's time to lie down. We should all listen to that impulse when it's time to lie down, certainly. But I'm obviously thrilled that Euphoria exists because I really like this lip gloss. (laughs) And for other reasons. (laughs) But mostly because I really like this lip gloss. (laughs) Fiona, we are going to take a super quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Census. Sales, biz ops, and data teams alike agree, Census is an absolute game changer. Say goodbye to dashboard graveyards, manually uploaded CSVs, and needing 10 different tabs to fully understand your customer. Census allows you to integrate data quickly and seamlessly into your desired CRM to get a full 360 customer view. This enables teams to score and prioritize leads and drive automation at scale. We love to see it! Teams across all business functions benefit from this streamlined efficiency and they have the numbers to prove it. Using Census, Figma has seen a 10x increase in sales productivity while Canva has been able to drive marketing personalization to over 50 million users. Yeah, I heard you. Wow is right. If you're looking to increase the productivity of your sales reps, personalize your customer communications and reduce churn, you can learn more at getcensus.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Fiona Ko-Chan, founder and CEO of Youthphoria. Fiona, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. We have arrived at the lightning round. I'm nervous. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be nervous. The lightning round is so slow. I can't help myself. I always have follow-up questions. I already know the answer to the first one, coffee or tea. Oh, coffee. 100% coffee. Yeah, me too. Though I am drinking tea right now, which makes me feel like a fraud that I just said. It's always coffee. You know what? I have layers and levels. Very dynamic. (laughs) Depends on the time of the day. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Do you have a favorite cartoon character? I really like Tommy in Rugrats. Tommy in Rugrats. He he was exploring and he was always like a a good friend and he seemed like a good son. Mm -hmm. So he was just like always like a, he's like the baby version of a straight man. Okay. (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> wow, I haven't thought about Rugrats in a really long time. When do you think the last time was that you watched a full episode of Rugrats? Oh, I must have been four. I don't know. Yeah, right? Like, true decades ago. But those plot lines are burned into my brain. Like, all the friendships and all the all the baby yeah. drama? Don't you remember it? I feel like I remember it. I think so. I think I remember Angelica. I remember their twins. Yeah. Like a dinosaur or something like that? Oh, Reptar. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. All right. We can't open these floodgates because a whole bunch of truly useless knowledge is about to come out of my mouth. Instead, tell me this. Do you have a favorite board game? I really like Settlers of Catan. I think it's really fun. And Mm -hmm. it's not like Monopoly, which lasts forever. Mm Mm-hmm. So you like Settlers because it has similar mechanics to Monopoly, but it's over faster? Yeah, I think there's like strategy to it. It's a fun game. Do you have a pump-up song? A pump-up song. It depends yeah. on when and where, but I love a lot of Blackpink. I love mm. – I really like international music that's like high beats per minute, and I don't yeah. – I like to not understand what they're saying. You do? Yeah. That's interesting. Why is that, do you think? I personally think it's really relaxing to think about partying in crowds just because we've been in the pandemic for so long. Mm. And so the idea of going back to that where you're in a different country, like it, it – I find it really relaxing, and it just reminds me that like – partying, having fun is like a universal language. If I could understand the words, I would be like, okay, I would make sense of like what they were saying. Oh, got it. And so you kind of like 
the escapism of it, like the illusion. Yeah, exactly. Blackpink collaborated on a song on one of my favorite albums, which is when they collaborated with Lady Gaga on Chromatica, the song Sour Candy. Yes, I like that song. Love that song. It's so good. Granted, I love that whole album. I could listen. I have listened to that whole album many, many times. (laughs) Do you have any (laughs) albums like that where you could listen to it start to finish? Probably anything by Harry Styles right now because I just love him. Oh, really? Yeah, I love him. Were you a One Direction fan first? Never. I just really like Harry Styles. Whoa, plot twist. How did you get into Harry Styles if you weren't a One Direction fan? I just think his music's great. I think his voice is really nice. I think I got into him during his first solo album. I think I was a little bit older than One Direction time, but I thought his solo stuff was amazing. One Direction always felt, at least at the time when they were at the height of their popularity, it felt like a little young for me. Like I didn't really connect with that then, but I respect Harry Styles as an artist a lot now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Have you ever read a book twice? I don't think so. Really? No, actually that's not true. I've read Shoe Dog twice. Oh, the Nike book, Phil Knight? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense given the work stuff that we can't talk about, but I've heard it's a great book regardless. It's pretty interesting. They should make a movie of that. It's just really interesting. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, that one's on my list. By the way, when I say something is on my list, I don't have a list. Do you have an actual list of books? No, I don't. If I feel like reading something, I'll just look on what yep. I can buy. Yeah, 100%. But I realize that I constantly say, oh, yeah, I'll add that to my list. I just mean like I'll put it in my brain. Like, whoop, okay, it's on the list. Most of my lists are in my brain. Right? Okay. <laughs> brain lists. It's a thing. Okay, Fiona, this is my last question for you, which is very sad because it means our time together is coming to an end, but hopefully not our last conversation forever. What would you title your memoir? I think I would title it Sleep More and <sighs> How the Best Ideas Come from Sleeping. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so this is memoir and this is some sort of guide to help with, is it creativity? Is it building a business? What are you thinking? I don't know. I just want to like tell people to sleep more. And that's always my advice. It's like get as much sleep as you can. But I think it does help. I mean, you know, I make makeup you can sleep in. It does like I can sleep in test products. Like there's a lot of things I can do while I'm sleeping. That's amazing. That is so funny about euphoria to me that you can sleep in it. I care a lot about skincare. So I feel like I'm very diligent about taking my makeup off. Well, I made it because I wanted to make these skincare makeup hybrids. And mm. I was like, I'm always sleeping my makeup because I'm always traveling. And I just wanted something that worked for me and my, you know, how I am. And so it just, yeah, ended up being a thing. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. So sleep more, which I really like. If you were to write it about your business, you could call it Fountain of Euphoria. That's a free idea for you. (laughs) (laughs) But that sounds fantastic, Fiona. I would definitely read that book. And I will think of you when I force myself to go to sleep tonight. I'll be like, okay, Fiona says sleep more. So I'm going to sleep more. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun, Fiona. Where can people find more about you? You can find more about us on social. So on TikTok, we are at Euthoria. And then on Instagram, we are at GetEthPoria. And then my personal is at Fiona Kochan. Amazing. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or at NonTechnicalPod on Twitter. One more time, Fiona. This was so fun. I had such a great time chatting with you. And I will release you back into the world to check out more 90 Day Fiance. But thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>